0: Hey, welcome back to my storytelling podcast. Now, I'm sure you guys already know that this story is titled Zyla, and this is episode three. And I know that my other two episodes didn't have any introductions, but this particular episode is a little different because halfway through, I will be switching perspectives. So we're starting out from Zyla's perspective. She will continue telling the story as she was from the previous two episodes And halfway through, we're going to switch over to a new character's perspective, and I will let you know when that happens. Pay attention. Here we go. Zyla, episode three. What are you in for? I asked the deliciously attractive man that was now staring directly into my soul. Zyla, that is highly inappropriate. Sebastian had something up his ass that day. The Greek demigod responded, "Anyways, I'm uh, I'm a little off mentally. That is," he had said. "Dear God, he had an accent!" I hid my schoolgirl ecstasy and calmly stated, "Will join the club." He gave me a deep, low rumble of a laugh that probably should not have warranted the response that it did, but I was just about ready to do whatever that man wanted me to do. "'You?' he asked, indicating he'd like to know what I'm being seen for. I shrugged. "'I might be depressed.' He nodded. "'Hmm.' He seemed to have been weighing some options when he finally said, "'Well, we already have something in common, don't we?' He winked at Sebastian, then turned his smoldering gaze back at me. "'Am I digging into your session?' "'Slightly,' I answered. "'But it's okay. I can share.' I waltz over and plopped down right next to him on Sebastian's plush couch. Our therapist simply stared. Dumbfounded. He clearly could not believe what was happening, but he was also aware of what he was up against, which was wit, me, and charm, the Greek demigod. Certain that this was breaking multiple healthcare policies and such, I got a thrill out of it. I was not the least bit of shy either greek demigod was about to find out just how broken i was he stuck out his hand maxwell i extended my own zyla we are switching to maxwell's perspective my life had been quite the shit show over the past several months i was just telling sebastian here that people like me don't play nicely with others he disagreed he seemed to think that i am in fact a good person but just so we're clear i am not and we will talk about that later this goddess zyla may have just changed my plans for the weekend so sebastian she started my mom is depressed i laughed despite the lack of humor in the situation you uh you waste no time i asked She glanced over at me with a knowing smirk. "'I need therapy,' she started. "'And Sebastian is my therapist. "'And you, Maxwell, are a welcome audience.' I stared at her, thinking, "'I am so doomed.' "'You're doomed,' Sebastian said, "'which, quite frankly, surprised me. "'What?' "'Zyla and I said it at the same time.' I said, Sebastian looked defeated, poor guy. If you think you can save your mother, you are doomed, he stated, speaking to Zyla. I shrugged, but even I thought that was a bit harsh. Zyla, however, didn't blink an eye. I know that, Sebastian. Her tone held no emotion. It was as if she did not come here for therapy. I propped my elbow back on my knee and placed my chin into the palm of my hand. To say that things were about to be interesting would have been a severe understatement. I don't want to save her, she started. I want you to. Save, I repeated the word as if it were foreign and perhaps the translation was in tow. That's a rather strong word. Strong. Hmm. What other words do you consider strong, Max? Zyla asked. It's Max-well. Right, and I'm Zyla. Now that we've done that again, care to maybe answer my question? (laughs) She was an unmoving force. I blew out a breath, refusing to back down, but reluctant to move forward. I'm just saying that neither you or Sebastian can really save anyone. Some would have called that pessimism. I called it a solid sense of logic and realism. She laughed. I guess it's a good thing you're not my therapist, then. These words held potential to be insulting, but instead, it led to further intrigue. Sebastian rolls his eyes, leans back, and crosses his arms. "'Is he allowing this?' "'Yes,' he starts, "'but you both seem to have momentarily forgotten that I am still both of your therapists, "'recommending that we end this group session immediately.'" "'Where are you from?' she asked me this rather suddenly, "'continuing to ignore Sebastian's pleas to be more professional.'" "'I'm Greek.' "'She offers a small smile. "'I knew it. "'Did you?' "'So we're flirting in front of Sebastian. "'Yet there he remained, arms still crossed, "'except his words did not necessarily match his demeanor. "'He looked inquisitive. "'Sebastian's perspective. "'This could quite possibly be the worst idea known to mankind,' "'I thought to myself.' I could lose my license. So I should have been concerned, yet for the first time in both of their cases, I saw what could have been an inkling of hope. A shrink relies solely on hope. Maxwell and Xyla, however, possessed none of it. Someone needed to implement it for them at some point in their lives. Clearly, I'd foolishly given myself that responsibility. However, this could have gone one of two ways. One, shit would hit the fan, and I'd be the one to blame, which would cause me to lose two very respectable and slightly helpless patients, and perhaps my license. Two, shit won't hit the fan, and they'd grow from this. I was not necessarily interested in writing their love stories, but I was interested in using their flaws against them only in an attempt to help them, of course. The intent was to cause them to reach their breaking point. Their personalities would do just that. I planned on clearly standing by to offer the appropriate guidance. It would be an organized train wreck, to say the least. Now, with all of that being said, they were both very broken people with pasts that intertwine on far too many accounts. So I was treading on some really fragile eggshells. I had realized that, yet somehow I was willing to take this risk. What choice did I really have? I could not tell them that their paths had already crossed. Shrinks are sworn to secrecy, legally. I had violated enough that day. So at that point, I was already bound to violate a little bit more in the coming future. I figured that I should inform the secretary of the upcoming events that would entail their utter absurdity. Right, Sebastian? Xyla asked. I was so lost in thought I didn't even ask what she was referring to, and they didn't seem to notice. My next client will not be as keen in sharing a session, Xyla. I nod towards the clock on the wall to solidify my point. Then I suppose I should be making my way out. Maxwell made the decision for us. I should have kicked him out 15 minutes ago, although in my defense I had uttered something about the inappropriateness of their unison in session. But I also knew what I was up against. My expectations did sit low. So soon, she asked Maxwell. Xyla was very persistent. However, even with that acknowledgement, she persisted with class and a sense of nonchalance. Maxwell let out a short burst of laughter in response. Next time, the bastard winked with a wicked smile in her direction. I shook my head. I was not sure what he thought this was going to turn into, but Zyla was no walk in the park. And despite all of society's rules and sayings about confidence, that charm of his will not help him in courting the elusive Zyla Hamilton Keniston. All right, next time then, she'd said this with the same caliber of nonchalance. He walks over, shakes my hand in a brisk manner. Same time next week, Duck. I observed her watch him walk away. She was immediately smitten, but she would not admit it for a very long time, because she was also guarded. Xyla's story is not the typical I want to fall in love but I'm afraid of heartbreak circumstance. She was usually the one causing the heartbreak. Her guard was developed from simply watching the people that were supposed to be her support system show her that one should never depend on a support system. In fact, the lesson she learned from all of her treacherous life experiences thus far was that one must solely depend on themselves. How tragic. She has a hard exterior, but she is not difficult to read. I could tell her all of this, but it would get us nowhere. Her pride would lead her to fight me tooth and nail on every valid point I made. So instead, I resigned to listening to her. And depending solely on the hope that I could perhaps trick her into revealing some of her issues on her own. That technique, however, may need a bit of a boost now that she and Maxwell have officially met. I knew they would, and they were bound to tear one another apart. That is not the issue. The issue is whether or not they will be able to pick themselves back up. They've each been through a mental ringer, and they've both been on that edge that every therapist fares for their clients. Unfortunately, the only way to accomplish the growth necessary in the two of them is to send them right back to the edge. They will take one another there, hopefully before they discover how their pasts intertwine. Honestly, she began... In response to my inquiry about where we left off last week, my mother used to be this rock, this, this unmoving, unchanging force on earth. But now she's, she's literally and physically not moving, Sebastian. Everything she was saying was quite sad, but she uttered each word with a sense of boredom. Zyla, why are you telling me this? She squinted her eyes at me um because i'm concerned or is that not a thing anymore she was very good at sarcasm as well you don't appear concerned she laughed with little humor sebastian you're not a normal therapist well then perhaps that's why you and i work so well together she guffawed in laughter that time and it was genuine It was difficult to insult her as her self-esteem was not an issue. I knew this, hence my lack of reluctance in doing just that, insulting her. Come on, Zyla, I need you to speak to me. She rolled her eyes. I just did. I glanced at the clock once more. 17 minutes. You have 17 minutes to truly express yourself to me. "'Okay, so I have 17 minutes to keep doing exactly what I've been doing,' she deadpanned. I breathed a short laugh from my nose, giving in. "'All right, then, let's build upon your concern about your mother.' "'Okay,' she dragged out the word. "'Build how, exactly?' "'What frightens you about her current state of mind?' "'I'm not scared, Sebastian.' I didn't call you scared. I asked you what specifically scares you about your mother's state of mind. Nothing. Hmm. Right. And that's why you brought it up to me today in your session? There was no response. I waited for her to say something as I didn't want to be the one to provide that realization for her. I wanted her to arrive at it herself. She finally shrugged. I don't know what you want from me. Well, then how about for yourself, I asked. What would you like for yourself, Zyla? This isn't about me. It's about my mother. All right, then what would you like for her? I want her to go back to her old self. How are you going to make that happen? I can't, she shouts, which led me to believe that we were making progress. Then what do you want me to do? She rolled her eyes. I know what you're doing. And what am I doing, Zyla? She shifted in her seat. You're deliberately making me uncomfortable so I can make the point that you're trying to make. I laughed. Then we're halfway there, aren't we? She crossed her arms as I stared at the clock. I think I started giving in once more. You want more support. You don't want to do this whole Operation Save Your Mom by yourself. Well, yeah, but not because I'm scared, though. I tilted my head slightly. I then removed my glasses in hopes that this would allow her to acknowledge the gesture as me simply becoming less professional and slightly more of a friend. "'Okay,' I stated, silently prompting her to elaborate. "'I do not believe you are scared. I believe you're brave, but I also believe that you associate certain emotions with weakness.' She shifted in her seat again. "'Am I making her uncomfortable?' I thought." Well, she began, I'm not afraid of anything. What is going on, I thought. This person that sits before me is now transforming. She's avoiding eye contact, shifting relentlessly in her seat and refusing to acknowledge any of the points that I've made. Which isn't new, but that, paired with everything else, makes me feel that perhaps we're having a breakthrough? Well, it's either that or I'm turning her on.